Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Good morning. I hope that you are enjoying this first month of our study. The hour has come. We are studying about the very purposeful plan of the cross and how that the kingdom today, the church as we know it, was not a stopgap measure in between the failure at the cross and the return of Jesus for any sort of earthly reign that uh, people have uh, kind of devised in their minds from some obscure passages. Um, so as we study that on page five, if you're in the book, number five, if you're in the download, we look at some passages and list specific ways that God honors his people today. So I ask you to look for honor or praise or reward in these passages and to think about how that the rewards that are listed in these passages are the same as those that we get today when we are faithful to the Lord when we are submitting to his will. And so I wanted to go through Psalm 34, which is the first of the passages listed, just to give you an idea of, and I'm sure you already are better than I at this, but looking for the rewards, the honors, the praise in those passages. So Psalm 34 says that God delivers his righteous people from their fears that's in verse 4. I want you to think about whatever it is today that's troubling you, whatever it is. And I know that there's something in most of our lives that all of the time that is challenging for us or something that we're really struggling to work through. I know that to be the case from my conversations with several of you. I'm thinking about someone who lives far north of me who's uh, struggling with a sin problem. I'm thinking of actually um, a physical uh, lust problem someone. I'm thinking of someone in my area who's struggling right now with stage four cancer. I'm thinking of someone who's study, who is struggling with betrayal in her marriage. I'm thinking of someone else who is struggling with uh, becoming faithful in even attending the services once again after the pandemic. I'm thinking of just lots of struggles that we have in our world today. I think uh, I heard a lesson yesterday. I worshiped at a, a different congregation. I was a visitor yesterday uh, because we had some sickness in our house. And so I wanted to go someplace nearby and I heard an excellent lesson about the world today that we're living in and how that it seems like the ground underneath us is just moving with um, theology and thought patterns that are so opposed to the real word of God. He spoke about um, a little bit about critical race theory, but he spoke about um, the gender confusion that is in our world today and how that the uh, role of women is being challenged, the biblical role of women is being challenged, and how that uh, what we believe about the restrictions that are placed upon women by the New Testament in our worship, when we say those restrictions, verbalize them in our society today, that uh, pretty soon that, even that, will be um, termed, deemed hate speech. And he just listed a lot of areas in which it seems like the ground underneath us and in the culture around us is moving. And that we, as Christians, have to be careful that we recalibrate our thinking 
um, and align it with the Word of God in a culture that's constantly challenging everything that we've ever known from God's Word. So I think that this study in number five, looking at passages and listing specific ways that God will honor his submissive people is very relevant to us. It's strengthening to us. And I hope that when you finish this exercise, you will, like I am coming to be, and I'm only on the second one right now. I'm kind of behind this month. But I hope that you will be impressed with the fact that whether or not it seems like you're winning today, that in the end, when the day is done, when all is said and done, when God has had his final say, those people who are submitting to him, even in a world that is constantly clashing with the word of God, even in that world, when we are submitting to that will of God, we are going to be honored in the end. So let's um, just list some things from Psalm 34, verse for I sought the Lord, and He answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Wow, seeking the Lord equals delivery from fears. I have some fears in my life right now. I have some trepidation. I have some things that it seems like the devil is winning about. But I find comfort in knowing that as I continue to seek the Lord, as I've got my The Hour Has Come book open, and I'm reading from His Word every day, that He's promising me here that He is going to deliver me from my fears. In verse 5, He's going to make me radiant, and He's going to make me not ashamed. Then verse 6, The poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all of his troubles. I really want to be saved out of my troubles, and, and I believe that I will be, because in verse 17, it says, When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears, and He says it again, and delivers them out of all their troubles. When God says something once, He really means it. But I love it when He says something twice for emphasis. I'm going to cry for help as I'm righteous, and God is going to deliver me from my troubles. I love verse 7. I love verse 7. It says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Well, Hebrews 1.4 talks about the angels who minister to Christians today. That passage poses the question, Are angels, not ministering spirits, sent forth to do service for the sake of them that shall inherit salvation? That is the question of Hebrews 1.14. I think that we need to notice here, as the question is framed in the Greek New Testament, that the construction implies it's a rhetorical question. Are not the angels ministering spirits sent forth to do service for the sake of them that shall inherit salvation? It's a rhetorical question. The answer has to be yes. And then being sent forth it implies that God is continually sending forth his angels as human needs are are um, in line with what God's will is for his people that um, that those servants on behalf of those who are going to inherit salvation heaven are doing something but the question really is how and um, I found this interesting article from um, Wayne Jackson, just a very short article about that, and it mostly tells us what not to think about angels rather than what to think about them. How do angels accomplish these missions 
of honoring God's people when they're living righteous lives. Well, we can't conclude that it's miraculous because as we've studied a long time in digging deep, the age of miracles has been terminated. We read that from 1 Corinthians 13, 8 to 10. Ephesians 4, we see how miracles were, um, how the gift of the Holy Spirit, the miraculous gift was passed on. We see that very clearly in Acts chapter 8. And we know then that since the apostles can't lay their hands on people today, that the age of the miraculous has been put on pause. I hate to use the word terminated as Brother Jackson did here because there are going to be some more miracles when Jesus comes from heaven in the clouds. That is miraculous. But we do not have miracles occurring in... I'm talking about super... You have to know what a miracle is. It's something beyond the power of nature. And we don't have the supernatural occurring in our world around us today. We have very much evidence lots of evidences that it has occurred today. The Bible that you hold in your hand is evidence of the supernatural power of God that occurred when the apostles were divinely inspired to write that New Testament. But actual supernatural events like someone coming forth from the grave or a multitude being fed by five loaves and two fishes or um, a person, a human being, walking on the water defying the um, defying the laws of physics today, those kinds of things are not occurring around us today. And we see in Scripture that we are taught that there would be a pause button in between the death of the last apostle and the coming of Christ. There's a pause button on the supernatural. So since that era is gone, we have to somehow conclude that somehow God is using angels in making his providential plan work on behalf of the righteous people today. It seems to be reasonable to me that that is what is occurring, but I don't think we should speculate beyond that about exactly how that is occurring. I believe Romans 8:28 plays into this when he says, all things work together for good to those who love him and are the called according to his purposes. I believe that angels somehow today are uh, being implemented um, through God's providential activity, perhaps through God's um, orchestrating and manipulating uh, natural law. Not going outside of nature, but making a decision that this natural law will um, come into play at this particular time and place. I think that God is in charge, of course, of doing that. There's no evidence that angels actually appear today um, in human form or animal form as they, uh, they appeared in human form uh, when divine revelation was uh, being given. Uh, we can look at Acts 10 and see that. But I believe that um, going further than that and speculating exactly how angels are working today would be a mistake because we don't have biblical evidence for that. And if we're not careful, we can uh, go into what many have gone in today um, looking at a human being and professing that that person is the body of an angel and thus that person has some special kind of instructive power. And we need to be really careful about that because what is our 
power of salvation. Well, it's the gospel of Christ, Romans 1, 16, and that gospel is given to us in words, and those words were given by the inspiration, Paul tells Timothy, of the Holy Spirit and are profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction that we might be completely all the way furnished to every good work. So as we look at the Bible, we have to respect it as the final authority, the final revelation of God. So again, verse 7, we went on a little aside there, but verse 7 says, angels camp out round about those who fear him. I'm telling you what, I don't know exactly how that works, but I love it. And then there is no want for those who fear. Verse 9, I love that. He delivers us as his righteous people from afflictions. Verse 19 and verse 22 is probably the one that is the very most precious to all of us. He redeems the souls. I'm going to go back really quickly and look at verse 22. The Lord redeems the life or the soul of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. You know what? If somebody's persecuting you, if somebody's trying to take something precious from you, if someone today is uh, just working on your resolve to serve him, somebody is trying to just erode your um, determination to be what God wants you to be. I know that lots of us are in that position. If you find yourself in that position, Psalm 34 is a great place to go. And especially the very last phrase, none of those, none is a big word. None of those who take refuge in God will be condemned. Going to win in the end. And that's powerful for my life today. I hope that it is comforting and powerful for yours. I hope you have a great day and I hope you have a great rest of the month as we continue to study. I want to mention just a couple of things. Our big podcast video podcast is on September 28th. That's Tuesday night at seven o'clock central time. If you're over on the east coast, of course, that's going to be eight o'clock for you. If you're over on the west coast, that's probably going to be about five o'clock for you. So I hope that um, you're able to join us. If you're down in um, down under in Australia, some of you are, then it's going to be a difficult time for you. Probably going to have to listen later. If you're um, over in New Zealand, it's going to be hard for you. Listen later. If you're down um, south of us in um, South America, won't be as hard for some of you. Um, I hope that you're able to join us, and I, I know that um, I believe that the podcast will be translated soon into Spanish. So the other thing I wanted to mention is, is, is that if you are anywhere in traveling distance to Huntsville, Alabama this weekend, we have um, a special event going on, our Ladies' Day theme is tis so sweet to trust in jesus it starts at nine o'clock central time this saturday our speaker is carol dodd i think there's going to be a lunch provided pretty sure it's going to be a good lunch provided there's going to be child care if you read the blog today on the colleyhouse.org the bless your heart blog has where to go for details about that remember that if you do attend then you get a pass on the completion of one chapter during our the hour has come study that means that you can still be a finisher next august even if you didn't complete one chapter 
if you attend the Ladies' Day this weekend. That's just kind of something we do just for extra fun and to encourage, of course, people who, if, if you do attend the Ladies' Day, it's going to be relevant Bible study. So it's not like you're skipping anything. It's just like you're getting a little pass if you have a hard month this year. Somebody's sick or somebody's in the hospital or you know, you're having lots of company or whatever happens during one month of this year, if you attended this Ladies' Day, you can still be a finisher, even if you don't complete one of those chapters. So I hope that that's a little bit of an incentive, but most of all, I just hope that your incentive, if you're in traveling distance, is that if you get to hear Miss Carol Dodd, she's a stage four cancer uh, patient right now, but she's mostly a stage four cancer glory spreader. And if you know her, then you know what I mean. I got a letter from her just this weekend, a couple of pages. And I can't, it's still laying over on my stove. I can't tell you how encouraging it is to me. Uh, she is a constant, constant encourager. And she is, uh, I believe her physicians are telling her that her faith is one of uh, they don't know that it is the greatest asset in her ability to enjoy life as she deals with stage four cancer, but we know that it is. And we are, if you are there, you, you, you will not leave. I promise you will not leave. If you believe in God at all, you will not leave without being strengthened. You will not leave with ha without having a greater desire to serve God. And maybe what's most important of all is that you will not leave without experiencing a great comfort in the fact that you're taking refuge in God. That's what I want out of the day, and I know I'm going to get it. So I hope that you're having um, a good rest of the week, and I will look forward to Digabit number four and our video podcast on the 28th. Thanks so much, and have a great day.